This message is part of the teaching provided by House on the Rock Fellowship, a church caring for the Miami Valley region. Before you listen, be sure to access the notes in the download section of the message page. Have a Bible ready. Thank you for being our guest. Good morning. To our guests, uh, hello, my name is Paul. I'm an elder here also, Adam, uh, a teacher. And it means a lot that you join us on Sunday morning. Those of you who are watching online, thank you for being with us. You're going to want to have a copy of the book of Proverbs in front of you, whether that's in a Bible or maybe you're using a, one of our Proverbs journals. Verses will also be up on the screen and a set of notes that looks a little bit different than maybe what you're used to. But I'll explain it as we go. Between the ages of 15, 16, 17, and 18, I made multiple trips back and forth between my hometown of Conneautville, Pennsylvania, and Big Sandy, Texas, which is just outside of Tyler, Texas. Made multiple trips there because there was a college that I was thinking about going to. In fact, I did my freshman year. And so I went down there on a bus. I went down there. I was driven down there. I'd eventually drive down myself. But before my freshman year, my mom and her best friend and I loaded up the van and take the long drive down from Pennsylvania through a little bit of Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, into Texas. To do that, though, we had to stop off at AAA and pick up a triptych. How many of you guys remember triptychs? Some of you are like, what's a triptych? You'd go to AAA and you would uh, say, this is where I'm starting at. And this is where I want to get to. And then they would print off the turn-by-turn, mile-by-mile, marker-by-marker trip. And you just flip through the ticket. Oh, I'm at this part. Now I says, all right, I got a turn coming up in 50 miles. I'm looking for this. Oh, there's construction that they were aware of. I need to turn here. I need to turn here so that I could get from Conneautville up in the north all the way down to in the south. Move on, move, custom designed just for me where I was at. We want life to function that way. We want faith to function that way. We want a trip tick from God. Oh, this is what's going to happen, and you're going to go here, we're going to turn here, and you can expect this and look for this and find this and turn at Walmart, and you'll be fine. What's the truth? You have no idea what's going to happen today. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. There is no paper anywhere that lays out for us the plan ahead. If I just do this and just do this and just do this, then everything will work out great. There's no map. And we can get frustrated with God. Frustrated with parents, family members. We can get frustrated because, well, the preacher on TV said... I went to a conference and it said, in fact, there's many, many preachers out there, preachers and sneakers, promising if you one, two, three, four, then you'll get five, six, seven, eight. It just doesn't work that way. Proverbs doesn't work that way. And we've been in Proverbs now. We're finishing up our series, seven weeks within it. Never at any point promises this, but it does say probably if you make these types of choices, this is where that life goes. We're going to find that it's not a map, but it is a compass. It is a compass. We started out introducing the book of Proverbs just by acclimating ourselves to the way that God has shaped and made reality. There is a path that leads to flourishing, promise. There is a path called folly, and it leads to death. The book of Proverbs, again, contrasts and compares those two paths. How can I know that I'm on one? How can I know that I'm on the other? A big idea is the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to walk with a reverential fear of who God is? I'm not afraid of God. I am mindful of his awe-inspiring presence. And as God reveals himself to me, I respond correctly. This is how I am to live in light of what, who God is and what he has said and what he's done. We learned to, to see reality as God has carved it out, pushing back chaos and creating order and how we too are called to carve out a life where order can thrive that pushes back chaos. The voice of wisdom. 
What does the life look like that follows after wisdom? Proverbs 31. This is where that leads. But there's another voice. There's another house. There's another way of living that is folly. And those voices would love to pull us off the one path and lead us down another. Then last week, I introduced what were some habits of wisdom. Things like acknowledging God. Applying scripture. Apprenticing well. But before we say uh, goodbye to the teaching series, prayerfully not the book of Proverbs. Please don't say goodbye to the book of Proverbs. Oh, God, I'm wise now. Let's move on to something else. No, before we, we set this aside... I wanted to show you practically how you can live with the book. How you can take a topic, a question in need, and then work your way through the book of Proverbs to see, all right, if it's a compass, which direction am I heading? Am I going down this path? Is my life heading south? Or am I going down this path? And I'm moving towards flourishing and the delight that God has for me. Jesus said, I've come that you would have life, abundant life, and have it to the full. Last week, I invited you to tell me what to preach on. I threw in the back of the notes, here's some broad topics of what's in the book of Proverbs. Here's 10 topics, if you will. You pick two or three, and then Vanessa and I will go through, and we'll tally it up, and we'll see which topics you want me to look at. And I've done that. We came up, we added them up. There were very clear choices, the top three choices. And what I'm going to do is we're going to work our way through each of those topics through the book of Proverbs. To do that, I want you to understand the word compass. It's going to be our guide, if you will. So if you take out your notes, you can see it's a full sheet because we're going to look at the book of Proverbs through three topics, three times, each time looking at a different, different, different topic. Compass. It's going to be a, a guide, a process by which you can now live with the book of Proverbs. Let's say, just for the sake of, I struggle with my words. The third, the number three choice at House on the Rock last week. The words that come out of my mouth, I'd like to know, are they wise words? Are they foolish words? How do I walk with wisdom? What do I do? The first thing that you're going to learn how to do is you need to learn how to collect some things. Write down the word collect. C for collect. In the book of Proverbs, scattered all through the book, 900 some Proverbs, you're going to find words that have to do with words. And I did that. I went through and there were over 40 different verses, Proverbs, descriptions, and they're all over the place. Some talking about this aspect of words and some talking about this aspect of speech and some talking about that aspect of speech. And so I started to collect all of them together. Not real helpful, just this massive collection of 40-some ideas. But then what I started to do is I started to make observations. So you notes, let's write down the word observe. Collect and then observe. We're going to spell out the word compass. I just, what does it mean to make observations? I, I noticed things. I said, oh, wow, that's an interesting idea. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Look at that. Well, that, has, that, that, that comes up a lot, that idea. I'm just noticing and I'm seeing and I'm kind of sitting with these Proverbs a little bit. And then what I started to do is I started to make connections. Collect, observe, make connections. It says, wow, that idea and that idea, they have a lot in common. Oh, look at this one over here and this one over here. That seems to be a big idea. I see that in other places. But along with making connections, what I also did was I started to prune things out because of the 900-some Proverbs that are in the book, 24% of them are repeats. And you're like, well, that's not very good writing. 24% of them are repeats. Parents, any of you repeat yourselves? Is that because you're not a good parent? No, that's because the message needs to be repeated. No, seriously, pick it up. No, pick it up. Pick, pick, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up. 24% of the time, I, I, you're going to bump into some Proverbs, in, and it's the same as another one. So I just kind of went through, and I, I pruned out the things that were duplicates, extras. Like, oh, oh. And sometimes it's word for word, verbatim. And so you're like, all right, we can kind of cut those out and prune that out. And then what I'm left with is a concise list of Proverbs that provide direction, in this case, 
with words that come out of my mouth. And what I want to do is just for the case of example, we're going to look at four of those Proverbs today just to see how this process looks so that you can now have a compass that guides you and lets you know down which path am I going, which direction am I walking in. To start, let's go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. These are just four Proverbs passages that have to do with words. It's the number three one that you guys picked. The words that come out of my mouth. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. says this. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See that but word, that connector there? That lets me know that it's going to compare and contrast the wise path with the foolish path, flourishing with folly. Okay? So what I'm going to do then is... I did it all morning. I love it. It's so cathartic. So if I'm using the notes, you can see how there's a, a compass and a box, right? And the top is kind of flourishing and the bottom it says folly. Well, I want to know which direction I'm going in. That's what I need to be aware of and be mindful of. And if I read this, it says rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So when it comes to flourishing, boy, wise words bring healing, I'm beginning to assign where these Proverbs go. But there's folly, that's rash words. And they hurt. If I don't think about what I'm saying, I will hurt someone. It feels like a sword thrust. And so I, I'm starting to, yeah, I'm starting to assign where these are going to go. Then I'm going to look at my own self I'm going to ask God to guide me in the way that I need to go. Let's look at another one. Let's look at Proverbs 15, verse 7. You can see how this pattern starts to happen. Again, this is just a list. This is from the list of me going through the book of Proverbs. That's a complete lie. I didn't go through the whole book of Proverbs. I went to the internet. I typed in Proverbs about words. You can do that? Yes, I made a wise choice. I did not. Can you do that with every topic in the book of Proverbs? I have every topic in the book of Proverbs. I typed into the internet every topic in the book of Proverbs. <laughs> oh, well, that might save me some time. It could. It could. But what's important is I want to start to go through and process them. Here's one of the other verses. Proverbs 15, verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. Again, it's going to contrast the flourishing life, the folly life. It's going to contrast wise words and folly words. Lips of the wise spread knowledge. Hearts of fools don't. Here's an interesting thing that I noticed, though. There seems to be a connection with the words that come out of my mouth and my heart. Lips, heart. So I might write down, hey, uh, the wise heart spreads knowledge. That's another way of saying wisdom. The folly heart does not. You can write these down if you want. It might help you just as we learn this process together. Proverbs 16, here's another one. Proverbs 16, 28. Another proverb that talks about words. 16, 28. A dishonest man spreads strife, spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Okay, so it's not a but connector, it's an and. So that means that it's going to let me know, like, two from folly or two from flourishing. But a dishonest man spreads strife. A whisperer separates friends. Lying. Lying. Brings strife. Whispering. What do you think that's another way of saying what? Man, you guys are good. That's, how did you know that? Gossip separates friends. It's starting to create this matrix of ideas. And so I can 
acclimate myself in kingdom space. How am I walking? What am I doing? What am I saying? Let's do one more. Proverbs 29, verse 11. Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. A wise man quietly holds it back. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Fool doesn't filter. I've been guilty of that. Last week after the message, somebody gave me a coffee filter and said, you need to filter better. It wasn't my wife, believe it or not, <laughs> but she did nod her head. <laughs> well, wise man reflects, wise reflects before speaking. Okay, if I was really diving deep into this topic, I would take all 40 verses, 40-some verses in the book of Proverbs, and I'd start to assign them Okay, where do they go? Okay, A for a sign. Okay, that, that, that has to, that's a wisdom idea. That, that, that's a folly idea. And then after I've assigned them, whether north or south, and this is not impugning the south. It's just a metaphor. Now I need to start, you know, self-inventory. S, self-inventory. How does this Reflect me. After I've assigned them, now self-inventory, are my words rash words? Do I not filter? Do I have a problem with gossip? Do I, have, uh, do I practice lying? That would mean that I'm going down a path where there's hurt and there's strife, there's separation of friends. Further, Based on what I'm reading in the book of Proverbs, this is, this is a heart issue. This is an internal thing. It's not because of what you have done. It's because of what's going on inside of me that I say the things that are coming out of my mouth. And so I start to do a little self-inventory. Boy, this sounds a lot like me. I want words that heal. I, I want words that speak knowledge. I, I want to reflect more before I speak. That's the path of wisdom. And so after I do a little self-inventory, the final S is I need to seek guidance. I need to turn. I need to, that Christian word of repentance. Okay? So let me just walk through those words for you one more time, this, as far as this process goes of walking with wisdom. Collect, see. O, observe. M, making connections. This is just the process of I did this all this week. You want to prune out any repeats? Then A, I'm going to start to assign. Is this a wisdom way or is this a folly way? Some of them will just be wisdom. Some of them will just be folly. That's okay. Then after that, I need to self-inventory. How is this me? Where do I fit in this? As I look at the direction that I'm heading, this compass that is the book of Proverbs. And then if I'm walking in the wrong direction, I need to repent. I need to seek guidance. That goes back to last week. I go back to life. Hey, God, I acknowledge I'm really screwing this up. My words are not your words. I'm not speaking the way that you would speak. I need to repent from God. I confess. I apologize for the words that my son heard, my daughter heard, my husband heard, my boss heard. Whatever. God, I confess what I said. That was wrong. This is a heart problem. I'm just, that's the way dad would speak. That was modeled for me. I want to model something else. I'm going to acknowledge, I'm going to apprentice well, back to last week. Hey, I'm going up to an older brother, or sister, mother, father in the faith. Boy, the way you speak, it's, it gives life. God's really convicted me. I need to grow in this area. Will you help me, please? Will you help me? I want to get better. I feel the Holy Spirit just calling me. I really need to focus on this because words give life or words destroy Learning how to apply that. All right, maybe there's one of those I'm going to memorize just because it really gets a hold of me and then maybe and then the Holy Spirit can use that. Okay, now open up your notes to the, to the middle. Let's do it a couple more times. That was words. 
The number two topic you guys picked last week was parenting. Parenting. What I did for you this week was I did the first four steps already. I went through the book of Proverbs. I went to the internet, Proverbs on parenting. Okay? Just for the sake of time. You might find it very useful, especially if you're not acclimated to the book of Proverbs yet. As you're reading through over the course of a month, starting to highlight and collect verses that have to do with parenting. It talks about a child. It talks about a parent. The whole book was a gift from a father to a son. The whole thing's about parenting. Collect those. Making observations. Making connections. Pruning out some of the extras to kind of come down to a core list. So for parenting, just for an example for you, here's four verses that have to do with parenting that kind of talk about what the book of Proverbs offers. One of them is in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6. I'm going to start to assign. Is this the way of flourishing and wisdom or is this the way of folly? So you're inside your, your notes page, flourishing at the top, folly at the bottom. Which way am I headed? Which way am I headed when it comes to parenting? Okay, Proverbs 22. Here's one that might be familiar to you if you grew up, grew up churchy. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, it will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. All right, so that's kind of telling me that when it comes to walking with wisdom, there's training that's involved. Training in wisdom. It doesn't really say much about folly in this passage, but that's okay. It's, it's telling me which way is north. That the wise parenting involves training in wisdom. Uh, later in this chapter, let's look at verse 15. It's trying to teach you a, a process. Proverbs 22, verse 15. This one really got me. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline drives it far from him. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline drives it far from him. Okay, I see that connector word, that but, that lets me know that one is going to be wisdom and one's going to be folly. Okay, so the rod of discipline. When you hear the word rod, don't freak out. Okay, kids, don't freak out. We're not talking about going out and cutting a switch and just letting you have it. The word rod is referring to the rod that a king would carry. It's the symbol of his rule. It means that here, there's order. There's boundaries to this country. This is where order is and chaos is on the other side. Okay, so rule and discipline. Wise parenting involves rule and discipline. Okay. I'm not making any judgment calls yet. I'm just learning where they need to go. But what, what's, what's down here? It tells me that folly is bound In the heart. Whose heart? Child's heart. How many here are children? I know, right? Right? What's that letting me know? Oh my goodness. I prone, I lean that direction. The natural bend of my heart is towards folly. Of course, Scripture speaks to that emphatically and consistently, doesn't it? That the heart's broken. It's twisted. It's depraved. It's lost. There's a whole bunch of theological terms that you could use to try to paint that. But Proverbs is saying, folly, it's bound up here in the heart. I need to be mindful of this. Okay, let's look at another one. Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, 13 to 14. Proverbs 24, 13 to 14. A little bit longer section is a different part of the book of Proverbs. These two go together. One's setting up the other one. 13 and 14, my son, eat honey for it's good. The drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. And know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future. Your hope will not be cut off. 
So a father's community says, to my son, and how is he? He's saying that, hey, following wisdom is sweet. Part of training is teaching that wisdom is sweet. That it is the future, that it involves hope. When a student of Hebrew was learning the laws and going through Torah, they would have a, a, a mat of pressed honey, hardened honey, tacky, in front of them. As they're learning to write the letters with a stylus, they would write it in the honey, and then they would lick the honey off the stylus. So they would learn to associate God's law with sweetness. A good parent guardian, grandparent, helps the child understand that God's instruction leads to a sweet life where there is future and where there is hope. Gathering with the faithful is a delight. Obedience is a delight. It leads to future and hope. Look at one more, just as an example. 29 verse 15. 29 verse 15. Rod and reproof give wisdom, but, connect yourself, we're going to contrast, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. This one got me. Rod and reproof give wisdom. Rod, that idea of rule and discipline, reproof, correction. Good parenting involves correction. But what? A child left to himself brings shame to his, his mother, his father. Avoidance. Distance. A whole bunch of other words we could put down there. A child left to himself. Unengaged parenting. Shame. Oh, that one got me. You come home at the end of the day and, man, the tank's empty. This is the way it is, right? It's a whole lot easier. Here, watch some YouTube. Godly parenting. Because after I assign, now I need to do some self-inventory. Godly parenting involves training and wisdom. There's rules, there's discipline, there's correction. There's a way of walking that communicates following God is sweet and there's future and there's hope. But there's another direction that I can be going as a parent where I'm not dealing with the folly that's bound out in the heart of my child, where I'm avoiding, where, I, where there is not discipline but there's distance, where I'm unengaged with what's going on. And that path that leads to shame. I self-inventory and, and I look at that and I, now I have to, God, where am I? Where am I in this? Which path is my parenting taking me? Which path is my parenting taking my child? Again, this is just four verses. There's an entire book dedicated to training a child in the way that he should go. And so I might fill this out. I might do 10 verses, 20 verses, 30 verses. And boy, the connections that I might make. And I look at this and say, oh God, I need some help. Back to habits from last week. God, I, I, I acknowledge I have been going down the wrong path. And that means I'm leading my family down the wrong path. I, I might apprentice well. I said, hey, oh boy, you have raised some great kids. You seem to have a, a handle on it. I come alongside the family ministries. I come to Pastor Paul. I go to an elder. What it might be to say, hey, I need to grow in this area. Uh, will you help me, please? How, how can I, what, what's some good trainer? What are some good rules, some disciplines? How do you correct well? I'm, I'm struggling helping them make it understand it's sweet because there's a lot of things in the world that are sweet, and i got to be honest, serving doesn't sound sweet. Obedience doesn't feel sweet. Help me. And starting to apply these things, obedient to these things. Maybe memorizing, yeah, train up a child in the way should he go. He's all about that. Training up a child in the way he should go. He's all about that. Training up a child. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. 
So when that moment happens and there has to be an engagement with my kid, there's the fortitude that God's word brings, that the spirit brings. Because we maybe need to turn this boat around and repent. Let's look at one more. One more. You should have one more open compass. Woo! All day long. The number one requested topic last week picked twice as much as any other topic. Emotions. Emotions. Paul, I think my emotions lead me down the wrong path. Paul, how can my emotions keep me on the right path? What do I do? And because this was the biggest one, I did a few more verses um, just so that you could see it all, all come together. But what did I do? The steps that I did this week that you haven't seen that you'll, you'll do is I went through and I collected. <laughs> Google. Proverbs about emotions from the Bible. And I got a list. Then what I, I started to make observations and make connections and prune out the duplicates. And so I, I kind of landed on just for the sake of this morning, here's, here's seven of them together and then seven of them, let's kind of assign where they should go. So here's, you know, flourishing at the top. There's our compass, which way? Folly on the bottom, okay? We headed south. We got a handle on this. Proverbs 14, verse 17. Just some ideas that have to do with emotions. Proverbs 14, verse 17. A man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. The bottom part is a different topic. But the first top, that's really helpful. Quick temper is foolish. All right, so I'm going to assign that. I'm just write that down there. It's a quick, quick temper is the way of being foolish. It's a foolish way. Uh, chapter 16, verse 32. Chapter 16, verse 32. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. It gives me a couple options that, that, that and lets me know I'm going to be in the same section. Slow to anger is strength. Equals strength. Self-control is the way of wisdom. Let's both go there. Let's look at another one. Chapter 14, verse 30. Chapter 14, verse 30. I'm just kind of assigning these and say, oh, because I'm trying to build up a, a way of understanding. Chapter 14, verse 30. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. Envy makes the bones rot. This is a contrast. Tranquil heart is being contrasted with envy. So this has to do with contentment. Part of how my emotions operate seems to do with contentment. And that brings life. But what? Envy? Rots my soul. Envy. There's something that I think I should have and I don't have it. Entitlement. If I'm living in an envious way, there's probably a good chance that I'm struggling with my emotions. I feel like I should have something and I don't have it. I feel like I should get respect and I'm not getting it. I'm getting, I'm not getting, and it leads to rot inside of me. Chapter 15, and I, uh, I miswrote this up on the screen. It's not, not supposed to be 28, which is also a great verse. But 15:18, 15:18 says this. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. A hot temper brings strife. We got quick temper, hot temper, that brings strife. But what? Slow to anger leads to what? What does it do? It, it quiets contention. I'm just assigning. How many of you have kids that can contend? 
grandkids that are able to contend with one another. You know what I'm talking about? Well, this kind of cues me into something. In the midst of you walk in the living room and he is or she is or they are, how I respond out of emotion seems to affect what happens in that dynamic. If I am hot to temper, quick to temper, it will produce further strife. But it says, if I am slow to anger, it quiets contention. Who would have thought that if they're yelling and I start yelling, it'll make it better? But I do that, don't I? He who is slow to anger quiets contention. 17, 22, we'll look at a few more together. Oh, I love this one. This is how Jackson got his name. A joyful heart is good medicine. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. The root of Jackson's name is joy. A joyful heart is good medicine. Joy brings healing. But what? A crushed spirit weakens the soul, dries up the bones. Look at two more with me, please. 16. Six, sixteen, six. Steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and the fear of the Lord one turns away from evil. Steadfast love and faithfulness, those are God terms, those are God words. When God reveals himself to Moses, when God reveals himself to his people, those are the terms that he uses to describe himself. Loyal love is another way of saying that. And what does it do? It atones. That means it covers. Loyal love covers. That's what the word atone means. Does that mean I don't deal with it? No. You have to have a little bit of Old Testament in the back of your mind. If you were to go to the mercy seat inside the temple, the priest would come in and would cover the mercy seat. Atonement over the mercy seat with blood. Because we're not dealing with it. God has just said, this is how we deal with it. And love deals with it. Faithfulness deals with it. It doesn't avoid it. There's no avoidance. But there's a way that's called mercy. That's the path of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. We know that this comes up a lot. I'm just going to set this off to the side just to help me remember with my emotions. Fear of the Lord is how I turn. If I find myself going the wrong way, I need to remember who God is and I need to respond obediently. Let's look at one more. Chapter 10, verse 12. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife. Love covers all offenses. Hatred, strife. Write that down here. I got hatred, strife. Bring strife. But again, this idea of love covers. All right, so what? They offended you. Deal with it. Right? Deal with it. Love looks past the multitude of. God and his grace to us looks past the multitude. That's what love does. Beginning to manifest and practice. And so what do I do? I've gone through and I've assigned, maybe I did 10 verses or 20 verses, or maybe I did all the verses in the Proverbs that had to do with emotions. And I began to assign, okay, is this, is this the way of flourishing or is this the way of folly? Is this the way of wisdom or is this the way of, of, of death and destruction? And then what do I do? I start to self-inventory. Hmm. Ouch. Quick temper. Yeah. Envy, hot temper, strife. When I walk into a room, there's just the tenseness there. My wife feels it. My kids feel it. I don't bring peace. Or maybe the emotions are different. Maybe there's crushed emotions. 
I feel a weakness in my soul. Maybe there's hatred there. Lots of hatred in the country right now. None of it's good. Fear of the Lord, though, that, that I recognize who God is and, and how God is and what God is. I, I want to be slow to anger. I want self-control, contentment. I want joy that brings healing to my family. I want, I want to practice a loyal love. And so as I, I do some self-inventory, I'm heading down this path. I'm leading my family down this path. I need to turn. The compass says I'm going this way. I need to be going this way. And I, and I, and I seek guidance. I seek help. God, please help me. This is beyond me. This is a heart thing. Again and again, the book of Proverbs, you'll see that as you study it more. I have, I have a heart problem. I live in the light of the grace that Jesus has given me. I need to walk in obedience. Not works for salvation, but working out my salvation. Meaning doing all that it means to be obedient as a follower of Jesus. For the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And you can see Proverbs just poking and calling to and hearkening so much of the rest of the scriptures together. I acknowledge God. I apprentice well. I apply. And now I'm walking with wisdom. Following that simple compass, C-O-M-P-A-S-S, enables you now to take the book of Proverbs and live with the book of Proverbs. A lot of you picked uh, business and finance and wealth. Um, on the back of your notes, I gave you a bunch of verses. Here, if you go to the book of Proverbs, here's a bunch of verses on that area. You can do this now. I did the collecting part. Just go through, make some observations, maybe prune out some extras. Assign, all right, this is what wisdom looks like. This is what folly looks like. Do some heart work. Invite the Spirit to guide you. It's okay. Now let's make some different choices. Practice repentance. For some of us, we might find that these are old habits. How you parent is how you're, you're, you were parented. Right? How you parent is probably how you were parented. And your parents were broken. And their parents were broken. And you're a product of brokenness. But at some point, we're going to say, I'm not taking my house down that path. We're going to go down this path. But because the ruts in the road are so deep, and the ruts in the heart are so deep, and God puts so much capital in community, as in I want God to help me. I just don't want to ask people to help me. You're going to have a real hard time then. Because so often God's grace and God's healing and God's ministry comes through other people. That's it. That's how it works. And you can see the beauty of maybe growing up in a culture where this is your dad and this is your mom who are, who are empowering this, right? Day one, they're just like, hey, we're just going to do this. But does that, let's be honest, right? Not because mom and dad are, are bad people. They're just like us, broken. And their parents were broken. I've used this illustration before. I use it again because it works. If you go to Antietam, there's a part in the battlefield that's called the Bloody Lane. It was a farm lane where the farm carts were dragged and dragged and dragged, bringing crop to town. As you can imagine, over years and years and years and years, that road got worn down deep. And it became a, the bloody lane because at one point in the battle, the Confederates were caught in there and the North was caught in there and they're just destroying each other. And it was like juking fish in a barrel because they couldn't get out of the lane. And maybe it's words or parenting. Maybe it's finding. 
science, maybe it's government, maybe who knows what it is, the topic that the human spirit is going at, but truth be told, you are in that lane so deep. You need to acknowledge and you need to apprentice and you need to ask for help. I don't know how I got in here, but I'm in here. Brother, sister, mother, father, will you help me get out? This is the beauty of Jesus. The hands and the feet of Jesus coming alongside of us through others to guide and lead us in the path of righteousness. To turn from the life of folly and all of its expressions to walk down the life of righteousness and wisdom in all of its beauty. Maybe that's where you find yourself this morning. I'm stuck. Take out the connection card. Say, I'm stuck. Or maybe you've identified your next. Let's do it together. Let's do it together, man. Well, we'll go on the internet together and, and we'll type in Proverbs and your thing and, and we'll go through it together and, and we'll develop it. All right, which direction? Okay, how do we? Okay, then let's turn and let's pray and let's, let's cry over this and let's work over this and let's do it together because that's how grace comes to me. There's no bottle of magic elixir in the morning that says God's grace for me. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't that be sweet? Then I don't have to deal with people. And talk with people. I just get my, 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 my shot of God love. It's just not the system. God created us to need each other. And often it comes in opposites. So maybe as you tear, let's do it all together. Let's tear out the connection. Let's all do it together. Whether you have something to write down or not, just as helpful for everyone. Just the sound feels good. It sounds just grip. Let's all rip it out. Everyone, drip, rip. Isn't that satisfying, Jackson? Jackson, that's very satisfying. Maybe, maybe you're stuck. So you write down stuck, or maybe there's a topic. But this is your way of saying, I'm going in this way, and I want to go this way. Or maybe it's taking a stone and it's putting up on the cross. I'm leaving that there, and I'm, I've decided I'm going to follow Jesus now. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to deal with the anger, or I'm going to deal with the envy, or I'm going to deal with the brokenness and the crushness, or parenting, whatever it might be. But Jesus says, you can turn today. You can turn today. Artists, I'm going to have the artists, would you guys come up, please? Jesus has a vision for your life. And it is abundant and it is gracious and it is amazing. It's, it's more than you can possibly fathom. James says, James is like the book of Proverbs for the New Testament. He says, if anyone is lacking in wisdom, just ask. Just ask. And so we've included this prayer for wisdom each step of the journey. And I, I pray that you don't go home, take this, set it on the shelf and walk away. I've got my wisdom now. But through compass and walking and acknowledging. We learn how to walk with wisdom. Why don't we stand together? We'll pray this prayer. If you're online, you can read it with us. It's from Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. We're asking that God would give us a spirit of wisdom. He would open the eyes of our heart to see him, to walk in the fear of the Lord. To be mindful of the hope that he's called us to, to the riches, the sweetness of obedience, the immeasurable greatness of his power to those who believe. Mm. So let's pray this not just for ourselves. This is in your notes, the bottom of your notes. Let's pray it over our fellowship, pray it over our families. We're entering into the Advent season. If ever you need wisdom, it is this season as we learn to live the Jesus life, not the self-centered life. Pray these words with me. 
May the Father of glory give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that we may know what is the hope to which he has called us, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Father God, open the eyes of our hearts. Fill us with wisdom. Call us to repentance by your grace. May we step into the Jesus life again today and again tomorrow. Heal what's been broken. Restore what's been lost. Thank you for the gift of Proverbs. Thank you for Lady Wisdom. May she ever speak in our ear. Foster love amongst us that we would care for each other and care for the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for sharing your time with us and we'd love for the journey to continue. If you're a guest, would you consider reaching out to us? We would love to come alongside and encourage you in any way that we can. If you're someone who's joined us today and you are desperately reaching to find hope wherever you can, again, Jesus came that we would find hope. You can find hope today. If you wanna send us a short note, a member of our hope team would reach out quickly, promptly, to come alongside and see what we can do to encourage you in whatever storm you might find yourself in. That's why Jesus came, and that's why we're here. Jesus said there's two ways to live your life, and a wise man, a wise woman, builds their life on Jesus' instructions. God bless.